Dan Waltzman here. This is the Edgy Conversations Podcast. Radical help for people who want it. As always, I am your host, Dan Waltzman, sitting in front of the mic, looking right at you, eyes wide open, teeth glimmering in the sun. There's no sun. I don't know what I'm talking about. I think every time I get in front of the mic, I just try to say the most outrageous thing I can. And... Um, Try to try to be a, the Rush Limbaugh of business. Oh my gosh, I just need to stop this podcast and re-record it, right? Don't I? But I but I refuse to do that. I've already gone down this path. I've chosen my words. I might have to eat crow later, but this is the island we're gonna die on today. So hey, I've been thinking about you guys all day today, and I've I've wrestled with whether to tell you this story or not, and I think I'm gonna do it. And I hope you don't think I'm petty. But I have a pretty thin skin. For some of you, you're going, yeah, no duh, right? We could tell that early on. But I have a pretty thin skin. And um, I hear all these people saying publicly, oh, you should have a thicker skin. You, you know, you should. Why? Why? You don't sell that to a surgeon. You don't say that to a brain surgeon. I think you should have calluses on your fingers. No, no, idiot. Uh, you want that brain surgeon to have as much of his senses, as much of his touch as possible so that when he's executing, executing you, executing the, is that a Freudian slip? Executing the surgery, he has as much of his faculties and control and expertise and talent as possible. You don't want someone with calluses who can't feel their way around, can't touch your skin because of the, you know, the, 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 the deep, a dead skin on their hands, stopping them from, from operating on you. You want someone, I think, you want a surgeon who has a delicate sense of touch. And by the way, I, I'm not t- saying I'm a surgeon with a delicate sense of touch. I'm just saying for all those people out there who say, you need to grow a thick skin, you know, uh, I, I say to you, no, no, m- maybe I don't, okay? But, but I'm getting to something, so, so hang with me, hang with me, okay? Don't, don't jettison the podcast yet. So I've got a thin skin. I'm telling you I have a thin skin. Now, I'm not telling you I have a thin skin so that you never criticize me. I think I can handle criticism. I don't always handle it well, according to my wife or my team. I think they would say that. But if I am overly irrational, I'll usually come back later and go, yeah, I was kind of out of line. Or, uh, you know, apologies for all the extra stress yesterday, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, here's what. No excuses. I'm going to do better. So I'm working on that sort of thing. But there are some things that just get under my skin. Uh, One of them is this. One of them is people that think they're too hard, too smart to work hard. By the way, this is not even the topic of what I'm going to talk about today. But one whole segment of people that I cannot tolerate are people that think they're too smart to work hard. There's There's a slice of the enterprise world. And maybe you have friends who are this way. Maybe they went to, you know, we normally associate, oh, you went to Harvard. Like, by the way, there's a lot of hardworking dudes and women who went to Harvard. So I'm not knocking that. But there are people who will tell you, oh, I have a coaching certificate. I have a, I have a advanced business degree. I've got my PhD in this. I shouldn't have to hustle. And from the first person on the universe, Adam, to the last person before they die, whenever that will be before the world explodes, if it explodes, uh, the people who are successful are people who hustle. 
No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you think you're too smart to hustle, to work hard, to put in effort, to be passionate, to give a shit, then you, my friend, are not a winner. You're not a winner. Uh, that's that's not me saying it. That's thousands of hours of research, and 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 I dare you, I challenge you, to show me one person who outsmarted their way to success. Someone who said to me, someone who said, "I'm going to create monumental breakthrough without working hard." I don't think you'll find it. I'll pay you thousands of dollars. We'll put a thousands of dollars bounty. If you can go find me someone who worked hard or worked smart without having to work hard and create a monumental break. It's not possible. It's not going to happen. But I think you already kind of know that, right? So I don't even know why I'm ranting and raving about something that we all pretty much agree on. One of the things that I, I can't tolerate, the second thing I, to, I can't tolerate is people who talk about options, Right? but don't ever consider changing. So can I say that again? People who want to talk about options and opportunity, but have no intention of changing. I also see this in corporate America. And by the way, if you're, at, if you're thinking to me today, like, oh, which one of your big clients fired you because you're all wound up and bothered? None of them, by the way. We didn't lose a client. We didn't lose any customers. We didn't lose any prospects. It's something that's been on my mind pretty much all week because of a series of conversations and anecdotal, uh, what do you call, observations, interactions that I've had. I We will spend, and you, by the way, you will do the same thing as me. So it's not just me being an idiot. You're that way too from time to time. We will spend hours of our time talking about opportunity and possibility and what could happen, especially if you're in sales, if you're in the business of sales. With to, We'll spend that time We'll devote that time, invest that time with people who have no intention of changing. No intention at all of changing. If you think about the typical BANT model, budget, authority, need, and timing, we call that BANT, budget, authority, need, and time. It's probably the best sales, qualifi- sales qualification um, tool set on the planet. If Theoretically, it goes like this. Whether you're in sales or not, you should know this. If someone's going to buy from you, they're going to have to have those four qualities. They're going to have to have budget, meaning they have money. They're going to have authority, meaning they can make the decision. They're going to have need. They actually need what you sell. And then there's timing. It, they, need to, they need to need that need and have the budget and authority right now. It makes no sense if they say, hey, that's great. Let's do it next year. Uh, that doesn't help you make a sale right now. So Bant is there. We'll spend all this time qualifying those things, budget, authority, need, timing, what we won't qualify, and perhaps because it's a deeper conversation, is will someone actually change? Will they do hard things that you present to them? Or will they, and let's go back to point number one, intellectualize everything down to a spreadsheet where if they don't know how it's going to be done, it's not even begun. For some reason, this drives me crazy. I had a conversation not too long ago uh with someone and i interacted there's a there's a there's many platforms online where you can uh put your services out uh for other people to pay you for your time probably and it feels like six or seven years ago it's been a long time maybe it's not been six or seven years ago Uh, a, a distant friend of mine 
Dan Martell, who has started a, a few fabulous companies. And by the way, just a great role model, all-around role model, inspiring guy, started a company called Clarity FM. And he recruited guys like Mark Cuban and others who were, who were uh, you know, had something to say and some people that entrepreneurs wanted to talk to. And he said, hey, what if, um, you know, we'll put a time out there, a per-minute charge, where if people talk to you and you decide to field their calls, you can um, get paid for that. Now, my immediate response is like, look, number one, I don't work for hourly money. Uh, I already have enough money. Number three, um, I like you, Dan, but I'm just not motivated to do one more thing. What made Dan's model so brilliant, and this is where I, I see a change maker. It's so inspiring. He said, the money's not going to you. It's going to your charity. Now, for those of you who know my charity, To Write Love on Her Arms, Twola, To Write Love on Her Arms, you'll know why I'm so passionate about this, this, this charity. We've raised many thousands of dollars for Twola over the years. When I've run these, some of these long-distance races, I've, I've raised money for Twola. But To Write Love on Her Arms is a charity that, that helps uh, uh, kids who are thinking about suicide, provides them hope. And they they bring great bands and artists together to provide music and 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 you know stimulation and motivation and inspiration for young kids to say, listen, keep going. And, and by the way, not not to be a downer, but just to share one of the stats with you, the number two killer of all of our kids is suicide. Meaning, it's not someone else, it's not a drug, it's not murder, it's the kid taking their own lives, and that's a shame. And and as someone who struggled with who had struggled in the past, I don't, I don't anymore, uh, thank you, God, uh, with suicide, myself, as a young adult, I, I, I don't know, I love that organization. For me, it's, I'm deeply passionate about it. And I don't want to get too emotional right now with you, but I, I just love, I love the cause. And if you go to twola.org, I mean, it, it's just, it's beautiful. And the people who volunteer and the work they do, I'm speechless right now. It's, it's, it's all inspiring. And so when Dan Martell said, Hey, listen, how about we just take the money and we'll send it to your charity of choice. And you can still charge, you know, hundreds of dollars an hour, but we know you don't want the money. We'll send it to your charity. And I said, sold. And so for the last six or seven years, um, I've, I've, I've offered my help to startups and, um, I helped, uh, perhaps there's, uh, you know, there's everything from private plane companies who've started on, uh, clarity and startups.co that to, uh, people with small business ideas to, I mean, just amazing products that have called me and asked me for my help and, and I've interacted with them and it's been, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And, and what I like the most is that the money goes to charity. It's it, I feel like when I'm really busy and I don't want to take your call, I go, well, it's not for me anyways. It goes to charity. Well, today I had a call. Actually, it was last week I had a call with someone that blew my mind. So the person requested 15 minutes. And by the way, when you're charging hundreds of dollars an hour, 15 minutes is not, is not hard. I mean, I get it. You know, you, you, you're broke. So you want to spend your money wisely. But this person reached out to me and asked for help. And so I, I took the call. 
And uh, it was actually a pretty great model because it was someone selling something that was religious as well as a, as a, a product. Uh, but, 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 you know, like uh, it was fashion, but also had to do with, with um, uh, it was a, a fashion product for believers. I don't want to give away too much out of respect to the, to the company. And so I, uh, I was excited and I messaged and said, hey, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. At the same time, I'm also an athlete and I'm a really smart business guy. Let me help you out. Spent a bunch of time talking and planning. And uh, at the end of 15 minutes, I said, well, I, I got to let you go be, you know, because I don't want you to overbook you. But the person kept asking me more questions and wanted to do more and wanted to do more and wanted to do more and wanted to do more. And so I was excited to help. And I said, hey, look, you know, you have this fashion product. It's beautiful. Why not put together, you know, these different marketing plans and sales plans? And sometimes when you're talking to a startup, the ideas are so infantile. They're so young. They're so new that it's not about groundbreaking strategies. It's about executing the basics, selling, marketing, influence, social media. It's not about doing advanced Facebook ad retargeting, right? Or complex mixed multimedia advertising. It's about how do I find my ideal customers and market to them? And so that's what I was expressing to this person about ways to share your product, share your pitch with others. And I, and I could tell this person wasn't really a salesperson. They were someone who just found an opportunity. And uh, every time I would give a suggestion, they would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but what about, and it kind of was like, uh, every, no matter what I suggested, they were basically countering with, but isn't there a magic bullet? Isn't there a fast, quick, and easy solution that I can do that I won't have to sell anything, I won't have to market anything, and I'll have an endless stream of customers? And so after half an hour, I was gently advising a thing. I said, let me let you go. And it was 35 minutes or so later that I hung up the phone and went about my way. And I said, if you need anything, here's my email and phone number. Call me. I'm, I'm happy to help you forward. Well, I got a call not uh, later from the Clarity team saying, um, this person wants a refund. Now, I've been doing this for six or seven years, right? I, I've... And I, and, and I have, you know, in six or seven years, never had one person give me anything but five stars because I'm, I'm really good at what I do. I'm not bragging or I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just, I'm just telling you I'm, I'm really good at what I do. And this person said, I want their money back. So I sent a nice message and said, so sorry you were that unhappy. Uh, what, uh, you know, what, uh, can you tell me what you would advise me to do? You know, what's one piece of advice for someone in your, in your situation in the next call? And they said, well, I was looking, I wasn't looking for that. I wanted basically a cure-all, a silver bullet solution to what I, to what I'm doing. And you may be chuckling, but that just enraged me. It enraged me because as I think about you good people out there who grind every day, as I think about myself, you know, we'll stay up till midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock. You'll work on the weekends, won't you? How you know the secret, that there is no silver bullet. You'll know that you know the secret. There is no out-of-the-box solution. It's about grinding. It's about working. It's about mastering the basics. And there is no sophisticated intellectual stimuli that is a substitution for good goddamn hard work. And so... Um, I actually did not go back and pick a fight with this person. Um, it's a shame because the product is pretty cool. 
And if I weren't that unhappy, I would be talking to you about how awesome the product was. But I'm so enraged by that sort of attitude of what's the silver bullet that I won't even share the person's, the CEO's name or the product itself. I'll just tell you this. Look around at yourself. Look at your organization. Look at your sales plan, your business plan. And then sit quietly and ask yourself this question. Am I really willing to do whatever it takes? Maybe you are. And I, if you are, can I encourage you to keep being that guy or gal? Keep being that person because that is the, the rich soil from which the tree of bounty grows. That is the beginnings of the harvest. You're there, baby. You are there. You're fucking there. You are there. Let me chide you, shame you, scold you gently if you're one of those people whose first reaction to anything is prove it to me. Prove it to me. Prove it to me. The greatest wonders in the world, according to someone Helen, as brilliant as Helen Keller, are not seen or heard. They are felt with the heart. You need to become a believer, a person who believes in potential, a person who believes in opportunity, a person who believes that just because you haven't seen it or you haven't done it yet doesn't mean it can't be done or that you won't achieve those results. Because someone believed and they achieved greatness. Someone before you had a problem and figured it out. And you're not the first person who has that problem. And you're not the first person who will have that problem. And the person who figures it out isn't the one who challenges the hard work. They're the person who says, okay, you're right. Let me try. And I, let me beg your forgiveness, to wonderful audience. It's 18 minutes and I'm, I'm not going to go long. So I'm going to hang up and say this. Um, be, a, be a winner. Act like a winner. Think like a winner. Put in work like a winner. If you believe that you are going to win, would you half-ass it? Would you make excuses? Would you make reasons? Would you blame everybody else? You know, people who blame others are the ones who never succeed. You can make progress or you could make excuses, but you can't make both. And, and okay, I got to shut up. I got to go. I love you. If you love, if you love the episode, if you love this, share it with a friend, give us a few stars and, and come join us in our Facebook group. Look for the edgy empire of awesomeness. Uh, add yourself. We will accept you. We will love you. We will encourage you. Because if you join us, I got to tell you, you're probably one of those people who's not making excuses. You're making progress. And we want progress. And we want your type in our audience. Stay edgy. Be awesome. See you next time on the Edgy Conversations podcast. Radical help for people who want it. I'm clapping for myself just so I'll get off the stage. I feel like I need a clown behind me with a broom to push me off. See you next time, guys. 